0: This week that I wanted to start off with and it says this, human beings have always had this amazing capacity to both remember and to forget. We remember every single little hurt that we've ever had in our life while at the same time we almost always seem to forget the lessons we learned while experiencing them. I started thinking about that. We do. It's the crazy thing. I can remember hurts back from 8th grade or 7th grade, I guess it was, and I even remember the guy's name. That's how weird I am that I can remember that. But I guess I'm not so weird because I bet there's hurts that you can remember that go back more than yesterday, maybe even a couple of years, maybe even 50 or 60 years, depending. And yet, in the midst of being able to remember stuff like that and go back just decades now, I can say that's crazy, but decades... I'm one of the best forgetters I know. Anybody forget here anything? Ever forget? And, and the reason we come to church as often as we do, one of the reasons why we come is to remember, isn't it? Because we forget as we go through life. We forget stuff like Jesus, Jesus loves us. We forget things like we're forgiven. And, and we'll go through the week and we'll start beating ourselves up again and again. We'll, we'll pray for forgiveness to God twice, three times, four times somehow thinking that maybe we've done the sin that he can't forgive, or and then we come to church on Sunday, and we see here that there's no sin that we can sin that cannot sin his grace, and we remember that he loves us and that he forgives us once again. We forget, don't we, as we go through life that he works all things for our good, and we get freaked out in the midst of the, the journey, in the midst of the, the fear, in the midst of the just horribleness as we walk through life. We forget that even in the midst of this, God can work it out for good in our life. We forget We forget all sorts of stuff, so I think we need to to remember today and pray the prayer that David did is when he says, God, remind me of what is important in life. Help me remember what matters most, or again in Psalm 39 where he prays, Lord, remind me of how brief my time on earth will be, or in Psalm 90, teach us to make the most of our time. You know, it's this idea of remembering that I want to kind of connect to this whole series we've been doing, finding peace on earth and trying to get through some of the overburdened, stressed-out lives that we live. And just the reality is today that we all live those lives. Most of our schedules are jam-packed with stuff. If we add something, we got to get rid of something. It's just the way it is, or we just add stress to our life. So this morning, I want to take a look at three truths. It's a simple three truths so that we need to remember to help focus our lives on the most important things. And we'll find that as we focus our lives on the most important things, we can get rid of the overload and the stress returns. And everything I'm going to talk to you about today is stuff you already know, but we tend for, to forget, we just do. And yet if you would take these three truths and you'd write them down on a little card, and you'd put them on your refrigerator or on the steering wheel of your, your car or someplace where you'd look at it, and you'd go over them again and again and again, and you just would re- remember, I promise you that you'd have a happier life, a happier family, more productive business, fewer divorces and separations that you would come across. If we just listen to what God has to say about relationships. And it's kind of a cool time to be talking about this. So all these three things I'm going to talk about answer the question, what's love got to do with it? And it's kind of a cool time to be talking about it because it's Thanksgiving this week, and God's going to bring us a whole bunch of people to love whether we want to or not, you know, pretty soon. And it's a good time to think through this thing. And one of the first things that God shares with us in his word is simply this, that the best use of life is love. 1 Corinthians 14, one, Paul says this. He says, let love be your highest goal. You know, in a, in a world where so many of our hearts, at least in, in our world, have grown cold toward each other, I, I don't know that love is always our highest goal, even inside the church as we walk through life. But Paul's just saying, in other words, that we should make love our, our top priority, to make it our primary objective, make it our, our greatest ambition Don't just put it in our top ten list and say, well, I'd like to have some loving relationships in my life, you know, amongst other things, but but make it your number one thing. And we start looking at why does God say that? Why does God say that it's all about love? Why does God say that we have to make it our highest goal? And I want to take a look at that. One day a guy came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I need the Cliff Notes version of the Bible. I need you to summarize all the Bible in just a few things. And, And he was asking Jesus this question to try to trap him in what it is that he might say to see what Jesus would teach critically about the Bible. And he was blown away by what he said because Jesus said this. He says, okay, here it is. Love God and love other people, that's it. He said, love God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. In a word, Jesus was just saying that life, the point of life, it is about relationships. It's not about achievement. It's not about acquisition of things. It's about relationships first and foremost with God, but then with all the other people that he's put in our life. And if you miss that, Jesus, you just miss the whole point of life. Because that's the bottom line. What matters most is relationships. And if that's true, then my question is, why do we always let relationships kind of slip or kind of become inattentive when things get so complicated in our lives? Why do we start skimming emotionally when we get overloaded? And we do, don't we? I mean, think about your week. Think about your schedule did you make sure you spent time with everybody? We don't give our relationships the time, the energy, the attention that they deserve because we get too busy with what we think are more pressing matters at the time. And all of our schedules are like that, whether it's stuff that we have created for ourselves or stuff that people have put on our lists. And why do we do that? We, we just get busy because we get preoccupied, we get distracted with less important things. And we focus on the urgent rather than the important, but you realize there's a difference, right? That not everything that is urgent in your life is important. And as a result, we spend all of our time focusing on making a living and getting the job done and finishing the work and paying the bills and making progress and accomplishing the goal as if that's the point of life. But it's not. The point, God says, is love. The point of life, God says, is relationships first and foremost again with him, but then with the people he's put in your life. And here's why, he says. See, every one of us is eventually going to figure out in the final seconds of our life what truly matters most in life, I would think. And what we're going to discover is that what really matters most are the relationships that we've made. Again, first and foremost with God because he determines our eternity. But then with the people standing around our side, by our bedside, being with us. The relationships that we have with God and with others, my question is then, why don't we just figure that out sooner? It save us a whole bunch of time. Why wait until we're on our deathbed to figure out that relationships matter most and that things are just things? The only thing that matters in life is relationships. Why don't we realize that nothing can take that place? Fame can't, wealth can't, success can't. Success without love is empty, it's hollow, it's depressing. Life is not about achievement and it's not about accomplishment. It's always been about relationships. And I think intuitively we get that. We we know that. We know what we'd think on our deathbed as we're sitting there. It wouldn't be about all our trophies. It would be about the people that are standing there. And here's the thing, when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, Hey, what was it that you did while you were living again? Hey, what cool things did you do? No, he's going to say, How did you treat and love the people I put in your life? How was your relationship with me? And so I suggest from this day forward that for the rest of your life when you wake up in the morning that as you sit on the side of your bed that you'd pray this prayer, God, today if I don't get anything else done, help help me love you and help me love the people you put in my life. And God, help me do that because I get so distracted with all the other things, the pressing matters of the day, the work that I have to accomplish. But help me remember to love you And to love the people you've put in my life because that's the most important thing. Because if you've missed that point, you've missed the point of life and that day is a failure. It's a a day of waste because life is not about achievement. It's about love. But the kind of problem again is that we get so busy, don't we? And we forget what we intuitively know. But God says first and foremost, the law of relationships is the best use of life is love. And then he goes on to the secondary piece. The best expression of love is time. You spell love T-I-M-E in 1 John 3.18. He says this, We must show love through actions that are sincere and not through empty words. If you say you love but you're not showing any time, you're just kidding yourself. Again, I think it's a cool time to talk about this particular message. I don't know if you're going someplace for Thanksgiving or the people are coming to your house, but... Usually during Thanksgiving, we get to see people we don't see all the time. It's extended family, it's friends, it's whoever's coming to the house or we're going to their house. It's a chance to rekindle those relationships, to spend time with people we say we care about. And so maybe you've already been pondering stuff like this as you think about all the amazing gifts God's given you in this life, but have you ever pondered over what the most desired gift of love really is? Is it diamonds? No, though, don't bet that with your wife right now. Um, is, it, is it roses? No. Chocolate? Fat chance? <laughs> see what I did there, fat chance? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, <laughs> the most desired gift of love, God says, according to God, and I'll just call it focused attention, and, and listen to my definition. I want to see your eyes and your ears. I want you to give me your time. I want to talk. I want to listen. I want to commune. I want to fellowship. I want you. Focused attention. God says in Deuteronomy, right from the beginning, he says, one of the ways that you can revere me all the days of your life is to meditate on my word day and night. To spend time with me, to develop that relationship so that you can hear me where you can know me the way that I know you. The essence of relationships is how much we give of ourselves to each other. That's what relationships are all about. Giving yourself, and the greatest gift that you can give someone is the gift of self. It's the gift of time. Now, guys, I'm just going to point you out, just kind of separate you out for just a second because I don't think we get this so much of the time. And I, I base that on the fact that I've I hear, heard constantly throughout my ministry from guys, Pastor, I just don't understand. I provide for my family. I, I, they have everything they need. They have everything they could want. What more could they possibly want? And here's the answer I always give and the answer that we need to hear. They want you. Right? Right? They want your eyes and your ears and your time and your attention and your presence and your focus. They want you. And and nothing can take the place of time. Not clothes, not candy, not vacations, not a big house, not more money. Nothing can take the place of time. And again, we know that either we were growing up and our dads were too busy or we think of the excuses that we've made for not spending more time with our kids. And not on important stuff, so often on the computer or on TV or... We just don't make the time. And so the greatest, the best use of life is love, and the greatest, the best expression of love is time. And again, nothing can compensate for it. I don't know how many times you've heard me said. you know, we spend all this time working ourselves to death, trying to earn money, trying to buy things for our kids. When the kids really don't need things, they need us. And I share that because I came across a really depressing stat I want to share with you this week, and it's this. Last year, 2013... of the children of divorced parents went an entire year without seeing their dads. There's something sad about that. There is something broken about that. There is no wonder our society is dysfunctioning at the moment. See, God created a mom and a dad to give something special to our kids and even the most dysfunctional dad or mom still brings a piece to that kid that they need. And so if you have a dysfunctional dad, but you still see him rejoice that he's doing something that 40% aren't, and if you're the mom, grin and bear it because they're giving something to your kid that they desperately need. Because realize that nothing can take the place of time. All the money in the world can't replace the time with your wife or your husband or your kids, those that you love. Nothing's gonna create that relationship with God outside of time. And whenever you give your time, you're making a sacrifice, you're making a sacrifice of your life because your time is your life. But that's what love is all about, isn't it? It's about sacrifice. David, one time, when he knew he had blown it big time, he was doing a sacrifice to stop a spread throughout all of Israel. And somebody offered to give him the sheep for his sacrifice. And he said, no, I can't. I will not give a sacrifice that cost me nothing. Nothing. You know what, Jesus offers everything to us. We can offer all kinds of I'm sorry's without bringing the sacrifice, but if it just costs us time, great is the love of our God to spend the time to say I'm sorry, to spend the time to hear him say I love you and I forgive you. But if you're gonna fix or revitalize a dying relationship or a dying marriage or a dying friendship or a dying faith, it's gonna start with investing more time in fact, Jesus, or Paul said one time in Ephesians 5 two, he says, live a life filled with love following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. Here's your homework if you'd accept it this week. I, I challenge you, especially Thanksgiving week, but every day this week to spend 15 minutes with those people in your family. On Thanksgiving, 15 minutes with everybody there. It's gonna take you some time, but 15 minutes. And I wanna include God in that to spend 15 times giving them your eyes and your ears. 15 minutes spending time developing that relationship, spending that time with that person in your family to talk with them, to look at them in the eye, to listen to them, to focus on them, to emphasize with them, to seek to understand. Maybe you even need to say, and I'm sorry. Each one 15 minutes a day, why? Because the best use of life is love and the best expression of love is time. And time is how you express your love to people in your life. And then I'll go on, I'll give you this one last one, and it's simply this. The best time to love is now. Not next week, not later when things settle down, not when you reach a certain level of standard standard of living, it's now. In Galatians 6.10 it says, Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. In Ephesians 5, Paul says again, Use every chance you have for doing good. Solomon says in Proverbs 3.27, whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbor to wait for tomorrow if you can help them now. Because I just want to encourage you, stop procrastinating or delaying life. Don't wait to be happy tomorrow. Be happy today, right? Stop delaying those relationships with your kids in effort to say one day we will slow down because you'll never slow it down. Stop delaying fixing that relationship with your spouse. Stop delaying... And move on it today. Ask yourself, who is it that I need to fix relationships with? There are some activities in your life in which I think procrastination is an appropriate response, though, because some things just aren't that important, but some things are. Since love is the most important thing in life, it ought to be our top priority in life. And any time we choose something over a loving relationship, we're getting it wrong. We're, We're acting like a fool, Jesus said. We've missed the point of life. Anytime you choose something over a loving relationship, you've made the wrong choice. And so, guys, and we're family here today, but the question is not if we're going to regret the frantic pace, overloaded, stressed to the limit lifestyle that everybody in this room is living. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. When it's too late, when the family's fallen apart, when we've fallen apart. I'll just say this, if you have kids right now, the time to love them is now. You get them for such a short season. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that when they're born, but you know, they're just for a short season, and they grow so fast. A few years ago, this, this uh, Sherry Boone, uh, one of Pat Boone's, she was a, a singer, a Christian singer way back in the day. She, she wrote a book about her struggle with anorexia, and she entitled it, Starving for Attention. It's a good book, but I've always kind of resonated with that title, Starving for Attention. I'll just ask, who do you know in your life that's starving for attention right now? And the reality may surprise you because it's everybody. Everybody's starving for attention. We all want time with our spouse. We all want time with our kids. We we all want time with with our parents. At least we did at one point. We all want to be loved. It's one of the things that we crave the most and do the worst. So my question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to change the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results? Or are you going to stand before God one day and explain why things were more important than Him, why things were more important than the people that He placed in your life? You can explain to Him for why it is that you didn't spend more time. And so who is it that you need to start spending more time with? Maybe it's God. What is it that you need to cut in your schedule to make time to do it? because there's going to be something. Again, remembering that the best use of life is love and the best expression of love is time and the best time to love is now. Remembering that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die for you. He invested his son's life, he invested his time, he invested his energy, he invested all his resources in you to say, I love you guys. So that you could spend an inordinate amount of time in eternity with him in heaven. Let me give you one last thing to think about to kind of tie this all in. If the greatest use of life is love and the greatest act of love is time and the greatest gift of love, then I think we'd have to be sharing Jesus with somebody in your life, wouldn't it? Because in that, you're introducing them to a relationship where they will always be more loved than they can love. They will always be more forgiven than they deserve. And they always have a better life than they could have ever imagined. And so my question today is, Who is it that you're going to love this week? Is it spending more time with God? Is it maybe spending time with your kids instead of the computer? Is it spending time talking with your wife or your husband? Who is it that you're going to spend time with? And let me ask this other way. Who are you going to love this Thanksgiving, this holiday season? If the greatest gift you can share with somebody is the love of God, Who in your life has God placed there so that you can introduce to them Jesus? And if that's too scary, that you would invite to church where I could talk to them about Jesus, you know? Who is it in your life that God has put there specifically that you might share a message of love? And all God's people said, amen. Amen.